0: welcome to the melomancy podcast where we spend so long between episodes you can conceive and birth a whole new child my name is dylan
1: my name is victim
0: and i guess i should mention i am having a second kid it's also been like a year since we recorded can you believe that
1: i mean it's hard i'm not really good with time though
0: (laughs) yeah we're the most unorganized podcast ever made i think like i was looking at our last episode that we made episode 10 it was like I titled it something really pretentious, like Podcast 2, Season 2, Preseason Episode. Like, we're about to start doing it again. And, like, what we talked about in that episode was all about how it had been a year at that moment since we had recorded. And then we didn't record again until now, which is more than a year later.
1: Yeah, well, at least we didn't lie.
0: It's true. So, I'm a year older. My son is two. I have another one due next month. (laughs) uh that's just uh crazy to talk about so so i guess um so yeah it's been a while since we recorded uh and there are many reasons so i guess we should we should begin this episode addressing the elephant in the room that we had a death in the family now victim maybe you should lead this this one
2: yeah i mean
1: i saying a death in the family i think that's a good way of putting it. I mean, in in many a family, if you really wanna talk about it, I mean Melon Mancy, uh your your real life group. Yeah. Um even his real family, I I would assume. So so we'll give the scoop to our
0: dear listeners. We had a member of our community, a longtime member, an old friend of mine. He he went by disketta that was his handle for like Discord video games and such. And his real name was Travis wasn't a secret. Right. Um it's been over a year now, but during our long hiatus, he killed himself. He took his own life. And uh we were the last people he talked to before he did it. And it was uh it's been a real it's been hanging over our heads for for some time in our community, and I don't think anybody's really had time to grieve. It still chokes me up thinking about it sometimes. It really does.
1: Yeah, I I was surprised how, how like much it got to me because like it's one of those moments where like, you know, he he didn't really like come forth with it, but like whereas I've been handling, you know, my own bouts of depression over the years, um, I kinda saw it. I didn't know how bad it was, but I always kinda kicked myself in the butt for not you know, like I I would see him up there with, with uh with Mike playing a game or doing something. Yeah. I, I could have just popped in and said, hi, like, then, you know, half the time I wouldn't do it. I'm like, ah, oh, they're busy doing their own thing. Oh, they don't, they don't want me to come bother them kind of deal. But mm-hmm. I, I feel like maybe, you know, I, I should have tested the waters in that it, at the very least um, to let them know that like, I'm like, I'm around and I'm not like avoiding them or anything stupid. I, I always feel bad about it.
0: Yeah. I feel bad about that too. So for context, for those listening that don't frequent our discord, they're not members of our community yet uh, listening to this. So, in our Discord server, you know, one of our founding members, um, everyone knows his name too. His name's Mike, but he has, he changes his username a lot. The one he's on now is pretty constant. It's just spell theory, but everyone just calls him Mike because we already know his name. Um, they lived together, uh, Travis and Mike, and they uh, they lived together for, for some years. What, what happened was, me and Travis were like best friends back in middle school. Back in eighth grade, that's when we met. Um, we spent nearly every day with each other through the rest of public school. And, um, what happened was in junior year, his mom, uh, got remarried and wanted to move to another town that was very far away. That had nobody that he knew. And, um, he had a girlfriend at the time and there was a family friend of her family that was in the adoption business. Um, and this is super paraphrasing both for his privacy and because I don't know all the details, right? But a fa- uh, A friend of the girlfriend's family uh, were in the the foster kid business, and they uh, uh, he reached out to them and, and talked them into basically adopting him so he could stay in the town that we were in so that he could finish school here and then move out to join his mom in the other town that he didn't want to go to, right And so that happened, but that that fell apart uh, in the beginning of senior year, um, because that family, like he broke up with that girl, and then that family turned real sour on him. And it was like, they were, they were stuck with each other and it was a really shitty experience. So my parents bailed him out. We, they didn't formally adopt him, but like that family didn't care. The state didn't care. His mom probably didn't know. Um, most likely didn't know. Um, and he just stayed with me, finished out senior year in a happy home. And then he swiftly moved to live with his mom. And then he, oh my God, my screen locked. Whoa. (laughs) So, um, as the story goes, uh, he was there for some time. I don't remember how long it was. We kept in touch over the phone, text messages, you know, cause this was 2010 way back in the day, right? I, do, I think it was 2011 or 2012. Yeah, I had moved out of my mom's house. I would um, me and uh, me and Destiny, my wife, we, uh, we were living at my mom's house. And yeah, as young adults, we weren't married at the time, obviously. And then we moved into our own apartment uh, with her brother who I currently live with now we'll get to that later um, and it was our first time living on our own without any uh, older adults and uh, Travis needed to he, he reached out to me and was like hey I want to come back you know I, I miss my friends I, I want to start over in that town get a job do it right because was just nothing for him in that other town except his immediate family and so uh, his mom gave him a car uh she was she was cool with it she's like yeah this is a great plan i assume i don't actually know how that went down and um but she seemed supportive and then he he came and slept on my floor for a week and then he moved in with mike and they were he lived with mike until he died many years he died last year it's 2018 he came back after high school 2011 2012 so they lived together for some time it's like sure he was like my best friend in public school but like. Shortly after, um, he came back and he started living with Mike. Um, I started taking college really serious. I really wanted to get that degree. I ended up moving away to a nearby college town and, um, I was, you know, me, I barely kept the show going. I, I could barely play video games with you all. I was giving up sleep just to edit the, the recordings and spend any time with you guys. Cause, uh, homework was crazy and I had worked full time 60 hours a week to make ends meet and uh i didn't really see him a whole lot outside of um one a couple of D and D games one of which i recorded and is on my soundcloud uh and he's in that one but like um i didn't really see him a whole lot and uh when he took his life he i was a month away from moving back to town and spending more time with him was pretty high up on my priority list I thought it was pretty, di- pretty dumb, pretty sad that I uh, didn't spend a whole lot of time with him in college. Because I didn't spend any time with anyone.
2: Yeah,
1: thinking about that too. Like when we go back into Final Fantasy XIV, I see him in my friends list, and I'm thinking like, it's like you know, it sucks playing with him and Mike was always fun because fourteen was, you know, it was casual enough a game that we didn't have to worry. They didn't have to try and match us in, in our pace so i was just like mm-hmm. seeing him there it's like oh shit i kind of wish he was here and playing with us
0: i know every time i go to the tabletop channel in our discord because it's got a smaller audience i see his account there and offline he had changed the name but it's it's got a unique color and then uh i see him in like my warframe friends list in my Guild wars friends list it's tragic it's like he's everywhere but he's not here anymore
1: it's really yeah, sad. for how sad it is, though, I'm kind of glad. It, it's not like I'd ever forget them, but it's nice to have, like, that visual reminder. And maybe that sounds weird, I don't know, but it, it's just, like, I get to see it, and it's, like, a, a burst of remembering. Um, For as sad mm-hmm. as it is, it's, I don't know, I, I guess I, 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 what do they call that, like, bittersweet, maybe?
2: Yeah.
0: It's kind of sad that um, I have a cousin, an older cousin named Travis. And I have a no duplicate names rule, but um, my my son on the way due next month, his middle name is gonna be Travis.
1: I think that's a, a proper proper way to do it. Yeah, I cleared it with Travis's dad;
0: he was cool with it. Yeah, that. that's
1: also a good idea too. I, I I would have never thought that.
0: He says I uh, owe him baby pictures though. <laughs> that, that's a fair point. That's okay. He's friends with Destiny on Facebook. I deleted my Facebook a long time ago. Huh. So it was just it would have been wrong to record this episode and not like talk about that because that is a major development in our community since we last recorded. But I think it's time to move on to more happy and positive topics.
1: I think I agree. He'd probably kick us in the butt if we focused an entire podcast on him.
0: Oh yeah, he would. I might title it after him though. Hmm. We'll see. I'll come up with a name. I still, I still like how we uh, do the, the titles are derived from something we said in the episode. I'll edit that burp out.
2: Anyway, on to other
0: topics. So I guess um, I, we owe a little bit more uh, explanation as to why we haven't been recording. Because it wasn't just because we lost Travis. Travis wasn't in our show. He was just an important member of our community, I think. But um, there's there are other factors. I think the biggest factor is that I currently still re- edit all of the episodes myself. And I don't mind doing that. I'm not complaining. I think it's kind of fun, but I, uh, during the last podcast episode, I listened back to it recently to be, make sure I had this right. In the last episode, I was talking about how I was about to buy a house back in my hometown as I want to live near my hometown for that sweet, sweet free childcare from family. Right. And I guess also see my family.
1: Gotta keep your priorities straight.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. So I applied for a home loan. I nearly closed on a house that I could, I think, afford. Um, They bailed out at the last minute because I'm in too much student loan debt.
1: See, I remember you talking about this, and that just reminds me all the times I hear about student debt, and it just pisses me off. I fucking hate how that works. That's so dumb.
0: Yeah, student debt is an evil institution that seeks to uh, enslave an entire generation. Like, yeah, it was funny a couple of years ago because it's like, huh, all these art students and history majors are idiots, and now it's like, oh god, I know freaking doctors that live with their parents. Like, it's common for the smart people too, like the people that have like gainful education that have like degrees that enable them to have well-paying jobs. Like, they're so much in debt, their degree almost wasn't worth it. You know, like yeah i i could have made i could have owned a house like years ago and had no debt if i had gone like a trade route like uh learned to do something with my hands and work like in like a shipyard or something right there's one such nearby and a lot of people work there and they make good money that's where my dad worked he didn't go to college and uh i only just now make more than him that was one of my early life goals was make more money than my dad did because he made a good amount of money and now I do too, but it's not enough to pay my debts off like a magic wand, right? So it it gets more tragic because uh, the house fell through and I was still living in Tacoma. And then uh, I went month to month rent on my house that I was living at so I could go buy a house and not be locked into my lease so I could, you know, make the move. And um the owner of the house I was in sold it. Oh, Rough to a first time home buyer that wanted to move in, so it wasn't like a new landlord situation, it was like, Hey, a family's moving in, go get out. <laughs>
1: yeah, did, did they give you at least some heads up, or was this like out of the blue?
0: Let's see, I got like I think a month or two notice, like, I got like many months notice that they put the house on sale. What I didn't expect was how quickly they sold it and how little they sold it for. 'Cause I thought the house I used to live in was kinda nice. They sold it for two hundred thousand dollars.
1: Wow, oh geez, that's like maybe like the high end of like not right where I live, but like nearby. Like houses around here can go anywhere from like fifty thousand to like nine hundred thousand or even more if you're like out in like the rich part of town, but Damn.
0: That's low. That's a low bound. Yeah. The lower bound for houses where I was looking was like three hundred thousand. It's it's A lot more thousands, you know? Yeah. Exactly 100 more thousands.
1: Well, Canadian dollars too, right? Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) You got that shit coin.
1: I like to call them uh, fun doubloons.
0: Yeah. So, I moved in with my brother-in-law. It's been great. I actually really like living here. But uh, I'm saving up money to make that house purchase like I originally intended. Um, It's just a minor setback, I guess. I've been here for a bit. Um, I decided that now is a good time to start recording again because I work for 10 hour shifts now, which means there's always gonna be a day like today where I could stay up late because I don't work tomorrow and everyone else has gone to sleep because everyone else works tomorrow because my computer is in a shared space.
1: Yeah, and for me, I'm just uh, hoping this schedule doesn't kick me in the butt too hard. I should be fine, but we'll see. So what have you been up to? We need to hear enough about me. I've been going along with streaming for a lot longer. Uh, I think we actually might have talked about me starting it back up the last time, but I can't remember. That was a year ago. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually, it's been a little over a year now since I started streaming. It would have been in the summer. Um, And in October will be the anniversary of when I got affiliate, which is crazy to think because it does not feel like it's been a year.
0: Yeah, I know. Time just kind of flies by when you're drowning in debt.
1: <laughs> yeah, then uh, on top of that, um, I guess I've been writing a lot more. I've been trying to hype myself up into the trying to do game development. It's just so hard. I, the last time I tried, I just I, wrapping my head around code was so hard. I want to do it more and more as like I, I sit here. So I don't know. Here's hoping, I guess. So with streaming, what do you think about uh, the
0: recent news in, in the streaming world? Like, wh- what do you think about Microsoft's new mixer? or uh twitch alternatives in general
1: i mean i mean they've always existed to some extent i mean like even twitch kind of half competed with itself with justin tv back in the day even though it was not really competition and then you had like live stream dot whatever the it was um
0: i used to stream on hitbox i remember that
1: yeah and then hitbox came around a little bit after well i say a little bit after it would have been like five years or so but but yeah, I mean, they, they've always existed. But Mixer is uh-huh. uh, is different because it's it's backed by someone who has the money to just kind of like force it forcibly make it succeed. I mean, they bought Ninja out. Uh, that must have been a lot of money. There's, there's yeah. no way because he's really risking like a large chunk of his audience. Sure, he's going to have an audience no matter where he goes. It like there's always going to be loyalty there, but there's always going to be like I would say like if he had a hundred thousand viewers across a day of streaming, so like not concurrently, but like. Whatever, right? He could be looking at around like a 30 to like 45% drop in viewership, which is a large monetary drop. So they better be paying him a fucking boatload to do what he's doing.
0: Well, to be fair to Ninja, he's like super rich. And yeah, I think he put most of his money away in savings. Like I know he bought like a house and probably all the luxuries he ever dreamed of. But I think he's got enough in savings to like golf until he dies.
2: Like,
1: yeah that's fair too i mean uh i think it was in a wired video him and well his wife wasn't in the video but he talked about him and his wife and how they've been like really smart with their money they, they've they got lots saved away um mm-hmm. all this other stuff so he seems like he's a decent dude in that regard yeah i get that i think he's gonna be fine i
0: mean even if he makes less on a mixer he got that sweet deal ridiculous millions of dollars to to go to mixer and then he doesn't need the money anyway, so he's just gonna, you know, promote this alternative to Twitch, which is gonna be a thorn in their side forever. That's the real damage, I think.
1: Yeah. Although, uh, one thing I've been thinking about, um, and I'm trying to figure out like the full logistics of it all because it's not just as easy to say, "Oh, now that he's gone, you know, all these viewers are just gonna fan out and there's, you know, breathe life back into the into the community." But I know that if he goes over to Mixer and it fails, and I don't hope he fails. I hope no, I, I'm not, I'm not that much of an asshole but if he were to uh, or if he even like was to just slowly trickle out that's a lot of viewership that's going to come back either to uh, to Mixer or to Twitch um, but I don't think Mixer will ever pop off as much as Twitch has I mean look at how many people have tried to like kill um, YouTube over the years for how bad YouTube has been and it just hasn't worked I think there's a new one Oh, I know called Library uh, LBRY or something like that and it's
0: Ooh, I could tell you about Library so let me tell you about Library Libri as I like to say it. So I remember when Libri was announced, they did the whole shebang. They went on Reddit, on IAMA, the subreddit where you announce shit and inflate yourself, importance. And they were like, hey, we're the Libri team. We're here to replace YouTube. And everyone's like asking them really basic questions about what is this? What is all this cryptocurrency nonsense? And they're like not answering any of their questions. And so they're like, join our Slack ask us
1: there submit a bug report on our slack
0: which is like discord for working people yeah it's a weird that
1: yeah, yeah i had to use that when i worked at the call center that's a yeah. weird place for them to request you know fans and, and and users to go i know i
0: i use it at work i it's all right the thing that it i think it has over discord is that it's only text channels and it scales up really nicely like i at work i'm in like a hundred channels because like, you can make them yourself, and then they can be private or public, and you have to search them out to join them, and you can link them in chat, the, the chat of other channels, right? Yeah. So if someone asks me a stupid question, I can just be like, no, go here, and it's like the channel for a different team. Like, it works out. But, um, so Libri, right? They were talking about their Slack instance, and they're just like, everybody go there. But they... We're really dismissive and kind of fucking stupid, but um, the technology backing their their shit is actually kind of cool. Like it's peer to peer, so you can't like take it down. Stuff that goes up there is kind of ephemeral; like it's forever. I think it's too difficult to use. Like somebody needs to make like a really nice client for it, or it's never going to take off.
1: Yeah, I tried. I tried using their desktop app, and it's okay. But I felt like every time I was trying to search for something or trying to like take recommendations from them, it would. Constantly be feeding me back the same stuff, and for as bad as YouTube is, YouTube is it, it at least doesn't um, do that.
0: I think PeerTube is better as an alternative, but it's not quite popular enough to really impact YouTube. So what PeerTube is is it's like a, a software that really closely emulates old YouTube, except uh, anybody can stand up their own server, and they can like set quotas for users. They can make sign-ons like public so you can pick a public one make an account they're like you get 20 gigs that's all you get you can ask the admin for more but I'm, i'm guessing they would look at your profile and see what you're uploading and see if they like you right and if you're on account on one server you can follow and view the videos on a different server because they they all they use like this protocol that sends it out over the internet and then like listens for it from where el- where the hell ever I'm really simplifying the process but it, it works pretty seamlessly like you don't need to know those details to understand like huh ah, that guy over on that other server posts these kind of videos I'm going to follow him right yeah that
1: sounds really fun and interesting actually because that's one thing I hated about YouTube is like I mean it's static so it's really easy to be monotonous but at the same time
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's just I don't know it it, it it feels too easy sometimes I feel like I, I should put all my effort in when I do it like if I was a YouTuber
0: that posted controversial content that is frequently demonetized. What I would do, if I had a big enough following that I could like do it full time, in the wake of demonetization, like maybe they have a solid Patreon, right? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm thinking like the Philip DeFrancos and Tim Pools of YouTube, right? People that have a following, but they get demonetized a lot. Like if I were these people, and I really was tired of YouTube shit, I would like stand up a Peertube instance to save, uh, I would enable public login, but I would give like no quota. Like if you want to be a user on my server, you don't want to like figure out all the other servers. You can join me here, but I'm the one posting videos and I would post a short video on YouTube with highlights. That is very YouTube appropriate and be like, Hey, get the whole video up here. It's other website where the real video is that I can't be demonetized on. Now they can't be monetized either. It's not built in, but you can say whatever you want without YouTube deleting you.
1: Yeah, I think I feel like for a lot of people, that's going to be a big thing. I don't know. I think a lot of these, like, for instance, I know know Phil DeFranco one of his big things right now is that he kind of like aims to sometimes like try to circumvent the system. Like he's done episodes where he bleeps out his swearing just to test the system. Right. So obviously he still likes that, that YouTube check that comes in every once in a while.
0: Mm hmm. But he doesn't depend on it, that's for sure. I mean, it definitely makes a difference. Like, I think in a recent video, he was talking about how what normally happens is all of his videos get demonetized, but then they appeal them, and 16 hours later, they get remonetized, but they only get money on all of the views after that point.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's really stupid. I mean, I get it to some extent. Obviously, if they determine it's not ad-friendly, or if their system does or whatever, and it ends up actually not being ad-friendly, but they still ran ads on it, that's just going to, Make a shit show for them i, I kind of get it from their point of view but doing it automatically like that it's just it is it'll never be it'll never be good it's not possible there will yeah. always be a flaw there where someone is going to get bit in the ass
0: right i remember um when rusty cage was still making youtube videos i mean he released a song recently but he's not doing like the sketch comedy stuff he used to do right but uh back when he was you know his comedy is really edgy and so he got demonetized a lot he would change the thumbnail to like the demonetization icon to like alert people that, hey, I got to in this video. I, I think what he didn't say it because he'd get banned if he did. But I think what he was trying to say was, you know, put your ad blockers on because I'm not getting paid yeah. for this. <laughs> so you can easily tell from his channel, from his channel, which videos you should watch the ads yeah. on. Which might not be allowed, but he didn't tell people to do that. He's just labeling them. And he's probably stopped doing that since he doesn't make videos yeah. anymore. He just makes music and comics now, which has been really good for him. I bought his comic. I was actually looking at that.
1: It looked really good. I found him. I found him originally through monkey Jones, which I'm, I'm, an even edgy. Yeah, I'm, I'm reluctant to say that because like, oh, <laughs> I, I guess my disclaimer there is I didn't really like everything he did. I'm not really big on like raunchy or gross humor and stuff like that, which he did some of. But when he did his more like tamer stuff, it, it was it was interesting. He was. Pretty good at filming and doing all of the stuff, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: but yeah, no, I I found Rusty Cage through him. And actually, it was you where you're like, Oh, yeah, by the way, he releases comic. Wait, he does comics? What are you talking about? And I remember looking at it, it looked really good.
0: Yeah, he um, tried to get it off the ground like a bunch of times, and then finally he was like, Fuck it, I'm doing an Indiegogo. I think he like talked to some comics guy, like he was on a YouTube video on another channel where this guy just gives advice to people that want to make comics. He took that advice to heart. He was like, yeah, we're going to publish independently because um, he thought com- the, the route to success in comics was to get a publisher. But he re- already releases his music independently. And his music is good. Like, I didn't buy any of his albums, but like I frequently listen to him on Spotify. Like, He makes really good music. So it's like, you release music independently, make the comic independently. And then his Indiegogo exploded. I myself put money into the Indiegogo and from it, I got, like, a patch, and I got, like, a poster that he signed. Like, it was cool. Like, I haven't read it yet. And I got it a few months ago.
1: <laughs> you and your time constraints. I jumped.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I jumped the chance to support him. I was like, this is cool. I like that. Like, I had the money at the time. I was like, yeah, I'll get this. I, I still, like, I'm in, like, total hermit mode right now. I'm budgeting really aggressively to get my debts paid off before like about february is when i'm looking to start shopping half for houses so by february my goal is to have like a sizable amount of of dollars many thousands of dollars in savings for the down payment which will be boosted by my tax return which is traditionally very large i'll have two kids by then so the tax breaks will be nice right oh
1: yeah you and your little tax uh, um, dollar makers
0: i got three dependents you know destiny is a stay at home like Daycare is so expensive that um, it was cheaper for her to not work. Yeah, which is kind of fucked up. Kind of fucked up. But hey, when uh, this, the little the littler kid is uh, in school, we could probably justify it.
1: Yeah, I mean, because then it would be for a smaller portion of time, probably depending on hours. Yeah, but- we'll, we'll
0: cross that bridge when we get there. I'm if um, if I could, I would prefer that I, nobody. My family had to work. I could just make all the money. If I could, I would do it. Let them do what they want. But uh, I'm getting there. I got the degree. I got a nice paying job. I just need to get, chase promotions and shit. You yeah. Know? Uh, anyway, anyway, what the fuck were we talking about? Well, we were talking about Rusty Cage. Why? YouTube. Right. <laughs> so, PeerTube. Right? And I think like people who are edgy get their channels deleted, get random videos deleted without explanation. Cause that's been happening lately. Those people would benefit the most from like standing up a peer tube instance and like dividing up some of their content over there or mirroring it. Right.
1: Definitely mirroring it for sure would probably be the better route unless they're getting like, the like every other video is deleted.
0: Yeah. And the more people that watch a video, uh, since it's peer to peer, uh, the faster it downloads for you and streams to you. So, if you are popular and you have a popular video, the performance is really good. Whereas, you know, I have an account somewhere. I don't even remember the name of this website. It's been so long. I think it was like, it had like a stupid name. It was like, like video.cat or something. I don't know. It was like a a gamer focused peer tube instance that had a really high quota. And I put some shadow play clips uh, from Halo Online, El Dorito on there because I wanted to share them, but I didn't want to share them on YouTube because it's like, well, I want to support these open standards and it's available to me and I I have the file. So
1: be fair. Your videos would have been either suppressed or deleted probably.
0: (laughs) I went to my channel and I unlisted every single video. Actually, all of my videos are still there.
1: Yeah, I just know Microsoft is cracking down on that really hard. They did not like El Dorito.
0: You mean, Go-
1: oh, right. No, Microsoft, you're right.
0: Yeah, the tragedy of El Dorito. They're not allowed to make any more updates to their game. However, they did get hired by Bungie yeah. to help make uh, Master Chief Collection. So
1: hopefully... Or Bungie 2 by now. They'll do the Old right Bungie. thing. Bungie 0.5, I don't know, 343, 3, whatever the hell you want to call them.
0: You know, Microsoft has been working really hard to foster some good faith among gamers. Like, I don't give a shit about the Xbox One or whatever exclusives they may have. I don't know if they have any at this point anymore. But, like, they're pretty chill. Like, Mixer is pretty much an effort of good faith. You know, it's like a... Like you were saying, it doesn't need to be profitable because they're they're fucking Microsoft. Same with Twitch. Twitch is owned by Amazon. Well, I mean, if you look
1: at Twitch Prime, there's no way that makes them money. They, I mean, I, I don't know how much it is yearly in other countries, but I think here it's pretty easy to buy your year, make all your like your shipments with for free. You get your you get your free five dollars or well, it's like seven dollars here, so it's like free seven dollars a sub, and then they give out like at least ten or so rewards every month um that are sometimes just straight up free games. It's just like, there's no way they're making their money back on this. Like, all the money that's, or maybe it's not even full-blown money going into it and just, like, free shit being given to them. There's there's definitely some money being lost somewhere. I
0: don't think they're losing any money on the free shipping. Because, you know, in most urban areas, like Tacoma, where I used to live, uh, is really close to an Amazon warehouse. And they have their own delivery service. Like, when I ordered stuff on Amazon, I didn't, USPS didn't roll up. It wasn't FedEx or UPS for free on their behalf, on their dollar. Oh, it was an Amazon truck that pulled up and delivered the Amazon stuff.
1: I guess that's fair. It, it, around where I live, that's sort kind of thing. I think more like Central and Western Canada probably has stuff like that, but nothing around here.
0: And I'm sure Amazon is paying them dog shit. <laughs> oh, probably. We can swear on this show. I marked it as explicit in iTunes. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, our show wasn't available anywhere before, but it is now. And it will be forever forever no- Forevermore. So let me give you the update. So Spotify, super easy. It's like, yo, what up, subscriber? Because I pay for Spotify already, right? And I was like, yo, let me upload this podcast. I gave him the RSS file. Of course, I had to go clean up the RSS because we, we use SoundCloud to host, right? So rather than like writing up the XML myself, which isn't very hard, I host it on SoundCloud. So it's like, well, I have to use their thing. And I had to go to every file on my account and say don't include an RSS feed because I had it checked by default and it, everything was just in my RSS feed so I couldn't submit the show because it would be like oh here's all the team speak recordings here's all the freaking D&D games we were in right and it's like I don't want that getting in there
1: I mean they might as well be podcasts <laughs> at this point but yeah
0: yeah but it's like wasn't a good idea so I, I fixed the RSS feed so that only the show is in it and then I gave the link to Spotify, and they're like, sweet, put you in. And there it was. It was like not even an hour, and it showed up. I have submissions open for Google Play and for TuneIn Radio. And TuneIn Radio, if you don't know, is uh, is the podcast provider for uh, Amazon Music Streaming Service, which is used for like Amazon Alexa. And I think they have a phone app, I guess. Uh, Never heard of (laughs) Amazon. I have, because I... Back in the day it was like a really good like radio, internet radio thing. It was a good Android app. It was one of the more popular ones back in the old days of Android. Uh, apparently it's still popular, but I wouldn't know. So that's what powers Alexa Amazon streaming. So we'll be on Amazon soon. And then Google Play, it's under review as well. iTunes the the feed validates, but when I click the submit button, the screen whites out. I get the little circle of death that it's loading and then it never goes anywhere. So I emailed support today and they didn't get back to me, but they have like a full business day to reply to me. So I did it like midday. So by midday tomorrow, I'll know what the fuck is up because my podcast never got submitted. It was just hanging. It never got to the pending stage where someone reviews it. So we'll get there. It can't be that hard. My work laptop is a MacBook. If they want me to do it on a fucking MacBook, I will. Like it's copying and pasting a link, not uploading anything. It's not too inappropriate to use work resources like that. Right. (laughs) Uh, but anyway, so our podcast is available in more places than ever. And I expect more people to find us in search. The world has a bit of a shortage, I think of gaming and tabletop related podcasts that aren't like D and D games in progress or like what have you. That and most people are kind of sick of um, like the bigger games media because they all have podcasts of their own. Like I'm sure IGN has one. Rooster Teeth obviously has one. That's a big popular one, right? But you know, some people aren't really into that.
1: I used to love Rooster Teeth's podcast, but I don't know. It just kind of fell off. I mean, I have other reasons for not liking Rooster Teeth in recent times, but we can save that for maybe another podcast.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I get it, man. But like, you know, some people don't care about these high production value uh games journalist podcast cuz it's like I just want to hear some people talking, right? Either people you know or people that you kind of know. Like that's what we are, right? Like people on our Discord might listen to our show. We had a few people we had an okay following before we went on hiatus. Like our files got views, but Spotify or SoundCloud is a really bad place to distribute a podcast. It's just Discovery is just not there.
1: Yeah, which I find funny because SoundCloud is like one of the bigger places for uh, like indie artists and stuff to kind of like rise up. And SoundCloud's been around long enough. I was able to find out and I, I never used to listen to anything that wasn't mm-hmm. mainstream back in the day. So, like, it's not like it's SoundCloud is hard to find. It's just like nobody's using it.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, people are still blown up on SoundCloud. Like, that's where like that that 16 year old girl that made that song about blowjobs. What was her name? Billie Eilish.
1: Oh, is that, is that where she started? She started
0: on SoundCloud. That one rapper dude with the rainbow hair that's in jail for child porn.
1: He's he started on SoundCloud. Well, shit, I didn't know that. I think actually now that you mentioned it, I think there was a what the fuck's his name? I can't remember his name. The, there's a new new dude who just came out. Like he just started blowing up like a month ago, and I think he might have started there too. Now that I think about it, was that cowboy dude Little Nas? Yeah, that dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He
0: got freaking Billy Ray Cyrus to Old Town Road. And you know what? That's like the that's a cool remix. Like, I can't hate that song. I didn't like the I original mean, anyway. It's
1: okay. An, it's an okay. It's okay. It's catchy, it's not my thing. But it, it's catchy. Yeah, it is catchy.
0: Like I I don't hate it. It's pretty okay. But still, the best um, the best remix I think of a uh, country music brought up to the modern age would definitely be Spider Beats uh, Black Betty. Like the one that was in Need for Speed, the one
1: that had the guitars. Oh, yes, I do remember that one, actually. That was pretty good. Way better than the original,
0: right? So, you know, I'm all about remixing old stuff that doesn't fit into day's standards. And I think this was exactly that. I'm down with that. I think that's cool. I think it's a cool song. I didn't hear any of his other songs. I probably never will, unless he gets another viral hit. But, you know, that's just the nature of music, I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, he, he. I listened to a cover of one of his other songs. I think it's called Panini or something like that. It was, it was an interesting song. The lyrics were interesting, although it was a it was a metal remix. I listened to oh, Little goodness. V. Oh, of course. Fucking Little V, memeing. It. It's pretty good. I, I I I can't hate Little V. Listening to a lot of his old stuff, like he he wasn't good at singing. Like oh, I can straight up sit and tell you, just the worst at singing. But he's gotten so good. Like to see him like rise up and and just become good at both guitar and singing. Has been like you know, a wild ride. It's been it's been good too. Quite the journey. I like Little V. He's good.
0: But yeah, like um. So speaking of music, I don't know if you listen to this band as much as me and Destiny do, but oh my god, Tool is making a new album.
1: I Heard about that? I was never really a big Tool fan, but um, both of my uncles were like huge into it, so they were like gushing about it the other night, actually.
0: Oh, that's funny. But yeah, it, they released their first single in 13 years the other day and i think i've heard it a hundred times already it's called Fe- it's the title song on the album fear inoculum and it's a great fucking song like i'll spare you the details but it, it it's cool cuz it's like this this band that was like i i listened to it a lot during my impressionable high school years you know and their music is really meaningful to me i like it a lot and it's like here's some more and it's like this is great and last year or the year before um i think just last year a perfect circle which has the same singer as tool also released their first album in like 10 years or something Damn. like and it was like a full album and what was cool about that album was um there's this song that they made way back that they only ever played live it wasn't on any of their albums and i got to hear it live at one of their shows it's like the, the only like big rock concert i've been to was for a perfect circle right all the other rock concerts i've been to were for like really crappy local bands we covered that in a previous episode um throwback ooh but yeah so the song they they only play it live and it was amazing and i used to listen to the like really crappy live recordings they released they did release some live albums where they did a professional recording of a live show and that song was in there and i would listen to that a lot they included it on the new album in like a full studio redone masterwork and it's great yeah, I like that. It blows the live version away, and that album was just amazing. I absolutely love it.
1: You know, speaking of live albums, you reminded me about Cell Dweller and Blue Stallion when they were touring together and they did a live album. Oh yeah. That was I I, I hate it that I like the live versions of these songs better.
2: Well,
0: they, they take the Daft Punk approach. Like
1: oh, yeah, exactly. Every
0: every song was two songs remixed together into an original work performed live in fact so it's like extra cool the daft punk live songs i like too for the same reason they take two classic songs they mix them together in a new way and play it live and it's like the hypest shit ever i'm not sure how else you can really do an electronic rock concert because if you think about it cell dweller is a one-man band yeah he had blue stalley with him to like help both of those dudes are one-man bands yeah in the same genre on the same record label so it's like just making do with what they got man
2: Man, <laughs>
1: yeah, i i I love Clayton. The fact that he does almost everything. He even hints that he's the female vocals in his songs, which no, he he admitted.
0: Yeah, He was someone asked him a question like, "Who who was the female vocalist in this track?" He didn't credit anybody, and he was like, "It was me."
1: Yeah, it's just like <laughs> he's a he's a god at manipulating things. And not to mention, apparently, he can not only can he play the guitar, he can play drums, and I think like a couple other instruments too. So like his samples are his own, even.
0: Yeah. It's just crazy. I wish he would make more YouTube videos. He he stopped making YouTube videos, but he also has twins. Like he had two kids.
1: Well, I didn't even know he had a, had a wife or girlfriend or whatever.
0: Nobody did. He was like, oh, I got some getting married, guys. And we're like, what? On Twitter? Back when I frequented Twitter? I remember that announcement dropping. He was like, I'm getting married. And then, like, he's a really private dude. I don't even know what his wife looks like. Right? Yeah. And then he posts a picture of like, you know, the ultrasound and he's like, "Oh my god, it's twins." And then he shows a picture of him holding like in his chair for the YouTube show and he's like holding both babies. And I'm like, "That's why he's not making videos. He's probably way too fucking busy."
1: <laughs> I miss when he did Twitch too, but I hope I hope uh-huh. that when these twins grow up a bit, he like dresses them up in like alternating outfits. I think that would be really cool for like a music video.
0: That would be so cool.
1: I mean, I, I guess I probably shouldn't be thinking of, of him essentially utilizing his kids for a monetary game, but that would that would still look cool. I'd be I'd be down for it as long as he wasn't like straight exploiting them. And that's it. But
0: also imagine like how, how cool those kids will be. Like they get to grow up and be like that, dude, it's my dad. That's fucking dope. Yeah, I mean, they probably won't say it like that. But,
1: but like anyone that knows so, though, you might be like, oh, well, his, his his videos get like only a couple hundred thousand or well, not even a couple hundred thousand, like tens of thousands of views or that his songs they and they sell they sometimes only sell or, or play in the thousands one thing that people always forget is yeah but he also sells the backing tracks to his songs to movies and probably makes like hundreds of thousands of dollars off of one fucking oh, yeah. song in one instance
0: yeah so what he does what he did with his company is he's one of, their company was like one of the first ones to like embrace like music streaming it's the, it's the movie deals you can also use it on twitch and like like streaming your video games like they have a list of songs that are like royalty free uh, they're not actually royalty free it's like you can stream with these
1: songs and we won't sue you yeah basically <laughs> which I, I think clayton actually originally just said fuck it use my music on youtube um uh, back when i think switchback mm. was their big song still
0: so. oh yeah way back in the day that's a good song too i remember i think the first song i heard from him was in need for speed it was that one he did with styles and beyond
1: yeah that's a I that was I, I listened to that back before I even really like like was getting into rap and that song blew me away. I fucking I still to this day sometimes I go back and listen to it.
0: Yeah, it's good. Like I got a whole playlist of his stuff, but I need to like dial back my my Spotify usage. I think because I I pay for it, right? Yeah, and I download a ton of my playlists, hours of music on my phone, running out of space. And I I did the analytics thing in my phone, and it's like it's mostly Spotify.
1: <laughs> it sounds like me and Netflix.
0: I either need to dial it back, or I need to like delete the app and like reinstall it, and just download a few because uh, I definitely overdid it. <laughs> uh. So, how's your tabletop
1: game going? Tell me more about that. Um, let's shift gears. I mean, it, it's going okay. See, I did the. I guess the 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 big thing I should hit on real like before I go into it. I wanted to make a a game based on. Traveling to the new world, you know, like uh, I call it the age of exploration, based on uh, like the whole like Columbus days and whatnot
0: that reminds me of that meme where people are like uh born too early to explore the stars, born too late to explore the er- the world, born just in time for dank memes,
2: yep,
1: I get it so um when they so the party they travel there it's been five years since this place has been known, so part of it's colonized so like it could give them hubs still, right, but it, once they left the hub they were, you know, at the mercy of the land, which they've almost died, I think, like, close to 10 times now. So at least I did that right. I made it dangerous. But anytime they talk with anyone, they just don't know the languages. I give them the opportunity to learn the languages, but it slowed down gameplay. So they just stopped doing it. They just started trying to find other ways of communicating, which I thought was interesting at first. But after a while, when they get to a new civilization, it's like the same fucking thing over again. And it's just it started to get to a point where I'm like, yeah, no, this isn't working. I should have thought this out a lot better. It's pretty funny. Yeah. But I mean, like, I'm, I'm working past it. I've been trying to give them, like, tele- telepathy and shit like that. Just trying to, like, find ways of not entirely circumventing it, but circumventing it enough that they can at least communicate with them without, like, rolling insight roles or, 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 like, motive roles and whatnot. And it's just, like, it's like, yeah, no, you can just fucking, like, mentally link with this one person. It's enough that they can relay your information to everyone and shit like that um but aside from that um combat and stuff's been pretty good again like i said i've almost killed them so they at least i'll have to think about what they do in combat they don't they don't get the the luxury of just you know oh i like this spell i'm just gonna span this spell out and hopefully it kills everything i've been playing to their weaknesses and their strengths uh so i think at least in terms of combat i've gotten a, a good handle on it um i think this is only like my fourth or fifth game dming so every time you talk about uh Difficulty
0: in combat. It reminds me of when you and V Dog had your first D and D experience, and uh I don't think I was there. But the way it was explained to me was like you guys were like in a cave, and you like didn't know what to do to win the fight because you were obviously going to lose. And like Mike, like looked up, saw like a net with barrels or something. He cut the net, and it like gave you the diversion you needed to get away or like something like that. And you guys yeah. were like, that was your aha moment where it's like we can do stuff like that.
1: Oh yeah, no. It, it was, beautiful. I mean, I don't just run up and hit them like
0: Fire Emblem. Like, it's not, yeah. it's not Fire Emblem. It's Dungeons and Dragons. You don't. Yes, there's a grid. No, you don't need to follow the grid.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I think at first my, my issue was like my only two or well, I guess three uh, experiences with D&D before we started mm-hmm. was my dad talking about it, which he talked about it as if like everything was super restrictive based on like time period which I've come to realize was just the, the module he was playing at the time. Um, my second one was hearsay from two of my cousins who were really big into it, but they were also like super structured. So I was like, eh. And then my third experience uh-huh. was attempting to play it with a bunch of cousins who just wanted to fuck around and didn't have any any care in the world to even learn the rules themselves. So I wasn't really playing d d It was just us nice fucking around. Damn.
0: Sounds like uh, in the case of your dad, it sounds like he had one of those no fun allowed modules. Yeah,
1: it was um, Dragonlance. I think one of the like the second edition, old school version of it.
0: speaking of second edition, I want to tell you more about the game. I was in this was that game that stealth was running. And for the listeners that have been around the whole time, stealth is the new handle for Cube Cheat, who was in our last D&D themed episode. He gave some stories. That episode was called Two Girls, One Cheese Dip. It's one of my favorite episodes that we've done. It's one of my
1: favorite titles.
0: I know. And you'll, it'll be your favorite too when you listen, dear listener. But yeah, if you haven't seen that, heard that episode, go go back and listen to it. Because it was really good. Anyway, so he changed his handle to Stealth. I'm just going to call him Stealth from now on. Because that, that's his new handle. So, I know Stealth in real life. And I was invited to this game. This, I actually tried to get you to join this game. Because we were having trouble getting people. And we were thinking about doing it online. To leverage Melomancy. To, to see if we can get some people. But we salvaged it at the last minute and we kept playing it in person it started online very much started online and basically what stealth did was he had first we were using a system called osric open source something something role play right the book's free he had he had a copy a physical copy that he paid for but like the pdf that is the book is free costs zero dollars you, you have to buy it from some website for zero dollars it's fucking weird
1: one of those things where you can pay your own amount kind of deal.
0: Yeah. But one of those valid amounts is zero. because uh, it's open source. Yeah. Anyway, so he has this mod and we eventually switched it out for another one called Basic Fantasy, which is very reminiscent of second edition. Um and I had never played second edition. It is very rigid. Um however, he added some tweaks to the system, which he published on a blog, like a just a standard like blog spot free blog, right? Because Part of setting up D&D, getting your characters ready, preparing for the game, is is knowing what the rules are and what your options are. So this stuff needed to be on the table. He couldn't keep it a secret. So his tweaks were available uh, on his blog. And he... Basically, it was like... The combat was very structured. Like, there was a grid, there were measurements, you know. Combat was very samey between encounters, but it was fun because it was like, you know what to expect and you can do better right? And um, the classes were very simplified. Like, I was a paladin. I only did one thing. I have a very weak turn undead, which I take half my level as a cleric level for turn undead, so it's not very useful. I have lay on hands, which is only useful outside of combat because it's so little health. And um, I have a 20-foot aura of protection against evil, which means evil cannot enter, and everyone gets bonuses plus two to armor class, which with the starting full plate means I have a DC or an AC of 20, which
1: is crazy. So oh. We're fighting fucking kobolds. Before you go too far in, do you have an actual AC?
2: Yeah.
1: Okay, because in 2nd edition they had this weird thing called, like, Thacko that I don't fully understand, I'll admit, but I hated it so much. <laughs> couldn't stand it. It was like, you had to roll, like, below it or above it or something. It was weird.
0: Mm, yeah, no. So we forked uh, Basic Fantasy and Basic Fantasy had AC. Like okay, cool. And it had like the saves are, are very different. I won't even get into those, but like the classes had a smaller set of abilities. It was easier to learn how to play your class because there was less moving parts. So kind of like
1: fifth edition. Uh, yeah, actually
0: it was like fifth edition with the rigid combat rules of the early ones. So he had a setting that he made very meticulously um, and he pre-rendered some very, very lengthy dungeons that took us several years to clear years real life. Jeez. Um, and he has this time clock for his game where like actions outside of combat take up a certain amount of time that goes on behind the curtain, right? And he will warn us when we're spending so much time idling that it's going to advance the clock. And advancing the clock means he rolls a bunch of things, monsters might come out, right? Certain actions like kicking down a locked door takes an, a certain amount of time. Where enemies in the dungeon will move, and he was tracking the, all of those things behind the scenes, and it was a global thing. Like we spend a week in one dungeon, and then we go to a different dungeon. That dungeon's gonna be all different because a week has elapsed
1: in that dungeon. South sounds like he's got quite the brain,
0: <laughs> dude. It's so fun. Like having like the world has never felt more alive than with this freaking clock. Like. I can pay for something to happen, come back to town a week later. And it's like a week's worth of progress on whatever I paid for. Right.
1: See, I love that. I wish as a DM myself, I wish I had the the capacity to plan all that. It would just get too Um, fumbled
0: if I tried. Tragically, the game very, very recently, like like last week, went on a hiatus because Stealth is going on a trip to California. He doesn't know when he'll be back, but he's visiting somebody. And I don't know how long he's going to stay. He doesn't know either. I don't know how that man thinks.
1: <laughs> well, he definitely he, he thinks hard and, and the, I guess long is a, a way that you describe that based on this clock system.
0: Yeah. He's like a less crazy, less suicidal Christopher McCandless, if you know who that guy is.
1: I have no idea, but sounds good.
0: It was There was a book about him. We had to read it in public school. It was this guy that like got serious wanderlust, came from a wealthy family, ditched all of his belongings and worldly possessions and like walked across the nation, died in Alaska. And I think he started in like Florida or something. Well, damn. And the book is like the author who really cared about his story, like retracing the dude's steps and like talking to people that talk to him and trying to figure out, you know, how did this happen? And what kind of life did this man lead? Stealth's kind of like that guy, but like way less crazy. Like he wouldn't do that and go like die of starvation in Alaska. No, <laughs> he is from Alaska. <laughs> so he knows all about everyone in Alaska knows who that guy is. Though, so, like, cool
1: like their public schools probably shove
0: it down people's throats.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, fuck. I never thought about that. And, you know, that's something that I find funny. We never did have much of our local media shoved down our throats around here, like uh, just across the well, there's an island nearby. That's a province of its own. P.E.I. They're really big on their media. Like the entire island is monetized based off of like media. It's churned out. That's become like world renowned, like uh, Anne of Green Gables. You may have heard of. Yeah so like but no just none of it never heard of it i, I only knew about it because my mom used to watch a tv show and then later on in life when i got an anime i found out they made an anime about it
0: that's crazy i didn't know they really made an anime out of that
1: yeah that and uh all, they almost made one for pippi longstocking too before it became a, a western show that's just a little weird <laughs> anyway um
0: how did we get to talk about pippi longstocking we were talking about D D. I don't know.
1: Yeah, no. Oh, we're talking about the the author that you're comparing. uh, Right, right, right.
0: So he's not like that guy, but I am not surprised that he is making a round trip to California that doesn't have a return date. Like, that doesn't surprise me. (laughs) He talked to me about it beforehand. He's like really excited to go. Like, he he almost went on this trip a couple years ago and things fell through, but it's really happening this time. He's really happy for it. And I'm happy for him. I think he's going to be fun. I don't mind. Put uh-huh. the d and yeah. game on hold. That's fine. <laughs> but it's cool that I it, this is like the second longest game I've been in that has been consistent. Like the other one is the one that Metal Chicken did where I played Reptile the Ninth. Or was it Reptile the 34th? I don't remember.
2: And they kind of blend together at this point?
0: I, I, cr- I created a lot of characters named Reptile. They look nothing like the Mortal Kombat character. I just like the name. And they just have like numbers at the end. Right. I tried to tie it in to the villain in the game I ran, that they were all clones and multiverse bullshit, but, like, that was just a (laughs) cop-out. That recording is also on our SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash melomancy. Uh, Anyway, um, oh, yeah, and I changed the the URL for our SoundCloud. It used to be just uh, SoundCloud slash Dylon, and I made it melomancy. I thought that was more fair, but I'm still the one that pays for it. Yeah. It just made more sense at the time. I also changed our Twitter account. I mean, I didn't change the handle, but like, I got rid of that old picture that your ex drew. I'm sorry. It's just old. I,
1: no, that's fine. It's time to move I on. I think the only part of that that uh, bothers me a bit is that you still think she's my ex. I know you didn't date, but you wasted a lot
0: of time together in private. Whatever.
1: Yeah, to be fair, I, I, I can agree to that. I, I was basically her boyfriend without any of the perks. Yeah. And she treated me like it in all the negative ways possible. Yeah, all all the bad. Well, we'll the good. get into that now, though.
0: Yeah, I know. I think we've discussed it in a previous episode, but it
1: feels like we might need Probably. to discuss it again. Are you okay? Maybe.
0: Are you okay? <laughs> yes, I'm fine. <laughs> okay. But yeah, so she drew that old Melon Mancer avatar. Argus Melonius Third was his name. And we had a lot of old tweets that I, I'm pretty sure Z wrote. But I haven't talked to Z in a long time. I miss Z. The- I'm still friends with Z on Steam. I, I just need to reach out. I just have been a coward about it because it's been so long since we talked and I don't know what's gone on. So let's talk about video games. Let's do it. We went a whole hour almost. I'm sure I'm going to edit this down so it's not an hour at this point. But video games, what have you been playing lately?
1: Oh, uh, God, what have I been playing? Well, I mean, obviously uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses, you know, game mm-hmm. of the year. Right. Which... I mean, you've told me already. Let's tell the viewers. <laughs> yeah, Listeners.
0: it is. Listeners. They're going to listen with their earballs.
1: Their earballs Yeah. With their eye drums. How is Fire Emblem? It is amazing. It is. It blows me away. I, I did not expect it to be as good as it is. So high quality. All the characters are well written. The story in the plot is well written. Well thought out. There's a mystery that's at play. That's not just one like straight line. I'm not just guessing on one plot line. There's like three or four. And the gameplay, while I feel like it falls into the JRPG issue of I overgrinded accidentally and now everything's really easy. Um, I still have characters, you know, fall in battle. I'm, I'm not playing on uh, classic yet. I, I plan to do multiple playthroughs. So they don't die for good, but you know, it still happens. So there is still a level of difficulty there, despite being overgrinded a bit. Um I just kinda wish it was a bit more. Maybe I should have played in higher mode. I don't know. But
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, I've never played a Fire Emblem game, I've just seen the porn. Yeah, same. um I mean, this is my first one. the The other ones, I've been tempted to go back. I wanted to play Fates, but everyone in their mom is like, "Don't do it. You will hate yourself. It is the worst possible idea." Even if you play it in the Japanese language, it's still a bad game. And I'm like, "Oh, okay. Well, what, what's what's so bad about Fire Emblem Fates? Uh, apparently, the the story is just really bland and really like not well thought out because they tried to do the same thing that Three Houses does by splitting it up into three games well three houses and three games i guess but point like in three like divergent stories but they put it across three different games they were all full price Oh ew! Yeah, and apparently even then the stories were not very well thought out. They weren't very well written, and the the localization was even worse. Like they were adding in dialogue where there wouldn't shouldn't have been. They were removing dialogue where there where there should have been dialogue, and just things like that. It was just really, really jumbled and messed up. That sounds like a tragedy. But then it has literally the best cutscene I've ever fucking seen in my entire life. Uh, it's no, it's it's no, it's no secret. I'm a I'm a sucker for dance. Uh, I'm a sucker for um shy girls and uh, dancers. And there's probably more there, but that's all I can think about that, Matt. So there's literally this girl dancing in one of the cutscenes that like, was like, I need to play this game. Like it was a boom it was like, no, I don't even care. I want to play this game. But then everyone d- d- deterred me. <laughs> they're like, no, don't do it.
0: It reminds me of uh, Dragon Guard two a little bit, because while I actually do like the story of Dragon Guard two, the cutscenes are so jarring because there's there the 3D models that are in the game, but they're like frozen. Like they don't move. Whereas in Dragon Guard 1, it was mo- full motion, right? Yeah. Like, they obviously got the short end of the budget for the cutscene department. And in Dragon Guard 2, like, the main character, voice actor, isn't very good. He's kind of, I mean, he's not that bad, but, like, they didn't, they didn't get the right voice actor for the script. Like, I think that voice actor as a different character would have been lovely. Um, but as the main character who's always talking to you, no. But Dragon Guard 2 has this story arc. And if you don't know the Dragon Dragoon timeline, let me give you a quick refresher so there's dragon guard one the first game that was made right it was crazy and it was great they made a sequel it has five endings right keep that in mind there was a sequel made of the first ending that didn't have Yokotaro writing the whole thing he was involved but he wasn't in charge but he was still involved and it's still in the timeline it's still canon right and all it does is like Fast forward like 16 years or whatever, and it's like there's like a character and then there's a lot of characters from Dragon Guard one that have aged up a bit. And the best redeeming quality of Dragon Guard two was that it gives uh, the main characters from Dragon Guard one some closure following the first ending, which was tragic. All the endings were tragic, but like the first one was really sad. And it gave those characters closure and that whole arc of the story was like 10 out of 10, right? But the rest of the game was not 10 out of 10. (laughs) Damn, it was like seven out of ten, maybe six out of ten. The gameplay was way better, though. Like, holy shit, like people shit on Dragon Guard one for the gameplay for good reason, because it is dated. It's like
1: um, clunky Dark Souls, clunky Dark Souls. So like Lords of the Fallen, clunky Lords of the Fallen. There we like, it's rough. It is rough. That's some massive shots fired by the.
0: <laughs> I know. But Dragon Guard two, the gameplay was way the fuck better. Better than Dragon Guard three, I would argue. Dragon Guard three is a prequel to Dragon Guard 1. It also has multiple endings. Its final ending goes in Dragon Guard 1. Dragon Guard 1 had a fifth ending that was a joke ending and that ending is where we get near specifically near uh Replicant. They made two versions of this game, one in America where the main character was a dad and one in Japan where the main character was a lot younger and was a brother. And they're both and the, and the little girl was the same girl in both stories, right? But the canon one is the one where it's a brother. Not a father. So that game had multiple endings. The last ending goes into near Automata. With that out of the way, what was I talking about?
1: Dragon Guard, the Starline.
0: Oh. While I was explaining the setup, I already explained my point. The cutscenes were really jarring. And there's like one arc that's worth it. <laughs> I got so lost describing the timeline that I already explained what I was trying to do. I think explain. that's a
1: fair statement for any Yoko Taro game. Three, four, <laughs> so.
0: Yeah, it's really hard to keep that shit together. I um I made a bot that that tweets out, well, it's not really a tweet. Uh, we'll get into that later. Uh, another time, perhaps. But I made a bot that air quotes tweets out some fan art, like every 20 minutes of the Near franchise from all of the games, And one of the pictures I threw in there was like just the timeline. <laughs> like, here's all this cute fan art, and then the timeline. And then there's some memes and jokes in there too, but it's- the timeline
1: itself is a meme. Don't fool yourself. Oh, yeah.
0: And it's so huge, like you have to like enlarge the file to even read the text because it's so fucking big. Because it includes all the light novels.
1: Oh, at which
2: there are very many.
0: <laughs> because they have positions oh, in the timeline well, between the yeah, games. No, they're
1: they're they're more canon than than the games because I think all of the I know. all of the real timelines uh, or like the po- points in the timeline where they diverge to the different games are actually from the books.
0: Correct. So there is no actual ending in Dragon Guard Three that goes into Dragon Guard One. However, the novelization goes—the novelization of Dragon Guard Three goes into Dragon Guard One, the video game, and the ending is very similar to the final ending of Dragon Guard Three, but there's a few key differences, and I don't remember what those differences were. But they're really there's an amazing
1: video um, done by oh what was his name Pixel Valkyrie I think oh man I'm gonna get that wrong Pixel uh,
0: Aurora wasn't it Aurora Valkyrie
1: Valkyrie Aurora or Aurora Valkyrie something like that. Oh, like
0: if you do a search on YouTube for Dragon Guard, you're going to find her video and she just calls She just goes by Sophie. Yeah, I've seen a ton of her videos. Her, I don't even remember what her username is, but she's amazing. Those videos are great, but she breaks it down. She knows what's up.
1: Yeah, it's a good video. I, I watched it before I played Nier Automata because it just I needed the refresher. Yeah,
0: like if you told me when I was a teenager that Dragon Guard one was going to have all these sequels and one of them was going to be like really good and win awards, I would have called you a liar, but I would have believed you after calling you a liar because dragon guard one was like my favorite game when I was like 15, 14, whatever age I was when it came out. I don't remember. I, I played it like after it came out by some time. So I don't actually remember how old I was. I think that game came out in 2002.
1: Yeah, I think it was around there. By the way, I just found her. It is Valkyrie Aurora.
0: Valkyrie Aurora. Wow. Pixel Valkyrie. What is that even? I, I don't
1: know. I, I think I, I've been watching someone recently that has like pixel in their name and I just, just probably like, put two and two that's when I shouldn't have I was putting two and two together to get the number five <laughs> so I feel like we should talk about planetside oh um, yeah I mean anyone
0: the- who has um ventured into our discord lately which by the way we have a fancy new public link discord.me slash melomancy instead of because we're not partnered so we don't get one of those stupid fancy ones so I just made one over there but um we've been playing anyone that's been around lately has noticed that we've been playing a lot of planetside once you set the stage
1: okay, well, they did a massive update, which we didn't know We had no idea not a not a single clue um symbol 8 came back and he was like we used to play with uh, games with him, but something that I didn't know at the time, which maybe we should save for another time because I don't even know how much we're supposed to talk about or if I even know the full story at that point but uh the, the another game we used to play with kind of fell through and so he wanted to find another game to play. Guild Wars Two. Yes, yeah, it was Guild Wars Two that fell through, which sucks. I, I we'll probably talk about more about that. The... We'll talk about that
0: later. Maybe we can bring Symbolite
1: on. Yeah, to talk about. Yeah, it. exactly. But... Have, have a different episode for it for sure. But so yeah, we're, we're playing uh, Plan Side Two again, and we all kind of like paid in, bought memberships, and I think at this point we've been playing for almost three or four months straight.
0: Yeah, like so that update. That update specifically was uh, DirectX 11 support. I know DirectX 11 is not new; twelve is the new one. But this is like a what a six seven year old game? It's
1: six years, probably coming up on seven, and yeah. it was originally on DirectX nine, I think.
0: Yeah. So with the move to DirectX eleven, it works way the hell better on a lot of computers. It's not perfect on a lot of computers, but it more
1: people can run it now with newer stuff. Oh man, it's so nice! Like I used to crash every other like second, which was nice. it was okay back then because I would it would just come back. I'd be whatever, just ignore mm-hmm. it. But um, Mm -hmm. now it crashes maybe once every four hours if I'm playing for four straight hours.
0: Yeah, and you can get back in fast enough to rejoin squad and keep your progress. And it it
1: doesn't hard crash either. It's a nice, just soft like it just disappears off my screen. Which I know for some people, like, why would you, you know, stand for that? That's that's bad. It's like, well, when almost every game I play crashes, I kind of have to take take my wins.
0: Right. They also implemented uh, since we went on hiatus um, and then iterated upon a base building mechanic that wasn't there when we quit the first time. Like, that's pretty fucking cool.
1: I still want them to do more with it. I think that it'd be cool if there was a lot more things you could interact with existing bases with. Uh, I mean, they have some stuff like the router, which is a mobile spawn point that can be anywhere, or like um, the Uh orbital that can be cast anywhere uh, within range, but like there could be more like barricades and other such things that could maybe help because right now um the thing the big thing that they're trying to the curb is zerging. they don't want people to just kind of like barrel down and be barreled down but it's just not something they're ever going to get rid of they should just provide players the tools to try and circumvent it like give us defender bonuses so that like um and i, I don't mean like
0: it's rewarding to defend yeah and right? don't
1: not even like arbitrary things like extra damage or anything like that just like like one-way barriers and things like that would be cool to put down. Maybe have them attached to a generator that can't be placed within a certain radius or what have you. But like things like that would be cool. It'd be like ways of mm-hmm. you know creating dynamic gameplay. It would allow for players to defend outnumbered because that's the major issue that we're running into right now is that population balance. We actively hit max population on, on a map. That means that if, I just like using the the two hundred versus two hundred versus two hundred idea. But if both teams, other teams, aren't fighting each other and they're only fighting one team, that means that two hundred people have to defend a four hundred people. That will never work, and that's yeah, we we lose every time. Yeah. When so that being yeah. double teamed is very very possible because of the way alerts work, and it's not even like nobody's communicating to do it. It just happens. Whoever's in the lead, it doesn't just happen to us; it happens to everyone. So it's like if they want to try and circumvent things, the spawns are not the problem. It's that it's too easy for a team to slightly overpop and not have to worry about the the, the player count because one other team is going to barrel into us and they're just going to basically toss it up to who gets the shit end of the stick who do we not defend yeah. against a little less they're the ones that are going to win hmm. not, not to say the game is bad by any means, it's super fun, I'm super addicted the gunplay in the game is amazing if you don't care about winning the alerts literally no problem, the game is so uh-huh. fun, gunplay is probably the best out of, out of any shooter at
0: the moment Like the micro game, winning a single base or defending it, like that is super fun. Like the macro, some people like that. I know um, Rick from our server, he really likes the macro. He likes winning alerts and moving the squad around where we're needed to win an alert. I think that's valid. I think that's fun too, but I don't like making the plan. So I'll go where he tells me to go, but like just defending a base or like capturing a base, like each little like microcosm of, of that is very enjoyable for me. That's how I see yeah, it. Yeah, like. no,
1: I mean, I like both. I like both ends. Yeah. It is a little annoying sometimes when like there's just nothing you can do, or like the worst part is when you overextend on a map. You're not currently like that isn't really in play, but it's is open, and then like you have to spend like a good like 30 minutes just waiting for the enemy team to like push out enough that you can actually fight them again. That's sometimes annoying. But right. That's not anyone's fault. Real, that's not really the game's fault. Like they have to have these maps open because there's players waiting to play, so they have to give them somewhere to be. But then it ends up being like a squad of people that are just more, you know, together than like the randoms that ended up flooding into the map.
0: I think my favorite thing to do in that game is where you take a small squad and you push a base that doesn't have any enemies at it. And you force like a big platoon to come deal with you. It's even funner when you beat them with your small squad. But, you know, numbers don't normally play out that way. But you draw their attention away from like something more important. Yeah. And it really sways that battle that you're not in. And I think that that concept is super cool.
1: It works out really well. And I mean, this is going to sound like a bit of a brag. I guess to some extent it is. But between me, Symbolite, and Rick right now, we are probably some of the best players in the NC, uh, the faction we play. So when we do that, I no we actually have a standing chance against like a couple more people extra than us.
0: It's true. I've seen your guys a score. And I know Symbolite, he's sitting on like. What a hundred thousand certs? Uh, the well, last spent? time
1: I think we talked, it was forty thousand. So he's probably up to about fifty thousand certs. Uh, just sitting. Not that he's anything to buy, but he just we're. I mean, same same with me. We're just kind of like sitting at a point where we don't need to. I've been spending mine just because sometimes I want to try like a, a gun I know is ass, but I just want to try it. And why try it out when I have extra certs? So I can just toss at it.
0: That's so disgusting. I wish I had that much certs lying around, but I just don't have enough time to grind them out.
1: I've got you know, a
0: good amount of certs in my time, because I had to recreate my account. I wasn't far to begin with. But the second time I've had to recreate my account because I lost it. The first time I lost it, I don't even know why. The second time was because I had an email with inbox.com. And I created an email dylon at inbox.com with the intent that it would be my video game spam email for signing up for stuff. And then inbox.com tanked and deleted all their accounts. They, they came back. I tried recreating Dylon at inbox.com, but password resetting just never worked. Damn. So I had to make a new one. This new one is with my Melomancy email, which is not going anywhere so long as I still pay for it. So,
1: Oh, there's one. It's all
0: right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. As long as we are still here, that email will exist. So not losing this one, but that account doesn't look like anything I normally play. It's nine Breaker spelled backwards. I'm not even gonna try to pronounce it. That's what the account is. If you want to look it up, I played Blue Team. But anyway, <laughs> we've been playing a lot of Planet Side. And it's a lot of fun. My time's really limited, and Planet Side really works well for me. I also play a lot of Apex Legends with uh, my brother-in-law, who I live with, and uh, but that's something that just me and him play. Uh, the guys over in the Melomancy server, like I play with Hydro earlier today, but like nobody else plays that yeah. game. So I, I don't talk about it a lot, but I have a lot of hours. I in
1: can't. It. I just can't stomach it. It's. I know yeah. it's a personal I get bias. It. I mean, obviously, I, like, I could dog on Fortnite for decades, but there's a reason why it's popular. And part of it's because it had a, a decent enough art style that kids could, en- could enjoy it. And it came out pretty much at the turn of a, a turning point for gaming. So oh, a bunch of kids were getting into games, and that was a big thing. Streamers wanted to play it, but kids also wanted to play it, which I think just worked out really well for them. It really well. I, could, I have many a bad thing to say about Epic Games, but I won't shit on the game. Not right here, at least.
0: Yeah, you know, I remember when they announced Fortnite, but it wasn't an it wasn't uh what's it called the battle? Yeah, uh, battle royale. It was a zombie survival team game that looked really fun. That that's why there's base building mechanics. And then they're like, hey, we can make a battle royale out of this. And they just did it because that was popular. And then it ended up becoming the most popular. Like, how did this happen? Yeah. I don't, I don't get this Wizard it, it, Magic. I think they
1: just got like. Well, I wouldn't say lucky. Maybe they, maybe they knew what they were doing, but if they didn't plan it, they definitely got lucky with their timing. But I mean, it leads into my thing about like Battle Royals. Is that like I just don't find them fun as a shooter fan, growing my entire life. Um, sure, small scale is cool, but it's not even like the large scale hurt. Like hurts my idea of having fun. I love Battlefield back in the day. I think it's just that like the idea of like one and done. Everyone tries to say that, like, oh, you can die and you can just queue right back in. And it's like, but, but that's a lot of menu surfing that you wouldn't have to do in a game where you just respawn, or even like yeah. a game where, like, in like I'll use Call of Duty as a good example. Like, um, Hydra used to give me shit. He's like, why well, you like playing Search and Destroy, but you won't play Battle Royale with me? It's like, well, in Search and Destroy, I die. I let go of my controller, lean back in my chair, and take a fucking break while it cues me back up You know, it's like, sure, it's not instant. Or not cues me back up, but I respawn eventually. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I guess maybe like the extra bit of effort it takes to re-queue um, is enough to just deter me. But even then, the idea of the randomness element of finding a weapon that's good or or finding upgrades for the weapon to make it good or blah 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 blah. Just, I don't like it. It doesn't feel good when I come across a guy and he just like turns around and guns me down instantly. And I'm sitting there doing like one damage to him. And it, it, it was made worse by Apex Legends when I can see the fucking damage I'm dealing.
0: I know. The numbers are very clear. But yeah, like I get that. And uh, I also really liked um, shooter games with no respawn. Like I played a lot of SOCOM when I was a teenager. Me and my stepdad, like we both had PS2s hooked up to our DSL internet. I had the stupid expansion pack. I had to put in like an eight megabyte or like a, no, a 32 megabyte USB stick into my PlayStation Damn. two to download the maps for the update. Cause I didn't have a hard drive. Like the expansion that came with final fantasy 11 had a little hard drive that you could have used for this. I think it was like a, like a, a one gig oh, hard shit. drive or something. I think
1: that that's so small now. Yeah. <laughs> it's
0: the memory cards for the PS two were eight megabytes. Yeah. If you recall. And that used to be a shitload of space. like,
1: I think I saw a PS1 card around here, and it's like got like 568 meg or not meg, sorry, kilobytes. And yeah, like, holy crap! Look at that, hurts they didn't even, my soul.
0: Yeah, they didn't display them in kilobytes. PlayStation had like a standard file size format. Yeah, and some some games took more than one slot in your memory card. They they were a consistent block size, so they were displayed in little squares. So memory cards of the PS1 era were measured by slot, and then they started using actual file size in the PS2 era so you can have dynamically sized save files cuz some games needed it some games didn't.
1: No some games desperately needed it. Corruption was so bad because of that.
0: I know. Oh my god, my stepdad was playing Final Fantasy X. He got all the way to the wedding scene in Bavel right before you fight Shinrayu. Yeah. And um it corrupted his memory card.
1: Yeah. And I remember um people used to t- not 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 10 specifically but people used to talk about it where there would be just like dead spaces where you could technically save your game here, but good fucking luck reloading.
2: Yeah,
0: I remember having to watch out for that shit.
1: It was funny because like he never finished Final Fantasy X because of that. He's He was so
0: salty. I, I still think to this day he has not finished Final Fantasy X,
1: Which sucks because that was uh, such a good game. I know so it good. really
0: does. So and it's funny because the game that broke the memory card wasn't Final Fantasy X; It was Jack X Combat Racing.
1: Oh my God, I know. I did literally the same fucking thing for me. Did it happen to you too? Yes. Every time I would get to a certain point, the save would fucking corrupt. It's like, I'm not going to play this goddamn game in one sitting. I just want to beat the goddamn game. I I beat, you know, Jack one all the way through to Jack X racing and I couldn't fucking beat it. I was so pat. I was so passed, but I was so pissed off. Ah, I hated it so much. And to this day, it still pisses me off because it's like, there was no good reason for it to be, you know, corrupting. And apparently it only really corrupted like consistently on, uh, the slim version of the PlayStation for really? some reason, but yeah, so it's like, well, I can't huh. fucking go out and buy an old, you know, clunky version of my PlayStation. The fuck do you want me to do? Game, come on. I know, and that was a fun racing game too. Like it was well done. I thought. yeah, it was like just edgy and gritty enough to like be, you know, a bit. You didn't feel like a kid playing it necessarily, mm-hmm. but then it was still Mario Kart or Crash Team Racing enough that it was fun. It was a party game in in, in that regard. It was, but you know, like the battle maps were cool. They were big. They was spacious. Mm-hmm. There's oh, like yeah. things to do. I don't know. They just, it was a good game for what it was. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe someone will give me shit for that. I actually don't know how critically acclaimed it was, but it was fun. Fucking, I'm holding my stance. I love that game.
0: Aside from it crashing on me. Oh yeah. Aside from the crashing, but you know, it corrupted my stepdad's memory card, not mine. So
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: But anyway, like I remember all three of the Jack and Dax game. I didn't play the PSP one. I wanted to, but it just never did.
1: I skipped that one too.
0: It's like, I would be the person most people would think probably played that game because I, I got a PSP at launch when everyone else was like hyping up the DS and everyone was like super in Nintendo's camp, right? Like I didn't have friends to play PSP games with until like a few years later when they became more common. So I had a lot of time to myself and my, my PSP to like play all kinds of great portable games that a lot of people don't remember. Like remember Metal Gear Acid?
1: Nope. Well, actually, I do. Sorry, I say no, but um, I had a friend who was like really big into all the, the mobile, uh,
0: mobile mm-hmm. gears. I think my favorite game on the PSP, uh, not including Dissidia, because that's not fair, was probably Fantasy Star Portable. I didn't play the second one, which is a shame.
1: I played the, only the second one, funny enough.
0: The second one had online support. Yeah. The first one was only local, like in the same room with the person, ad hoc, I think they called it. But that didn't stop me because I had like five or six friends, which includes our good friend, Travis, and that, that played that game. I just remember grinding out frickin Ronald Reagan and all the stupid bosses and, and getting all the like rarest items that you really couldn't do solo. And it was it was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that reminds me too, um PSO two is coming to uh, the West. Finally, fuck, I'm excited for that. Dude, I'm tempted to try it, but it's like I don't have time for an MO. well. <laughs> It, it it might be. I don't know. I, I never did play it. I only watched like the videos of, you know, people going ac- over the, the barriers to play it over in the Japan servers. It looks to me like it might end up being more of a Warframe uh thing where really you play a couple missions here and there and you'd probably be fine. I mean, sure, you're not going to be competitive if there is any competitive nature to it. And if you're just playing it casually, I'm sure you could probably drop in, drop out.
0: It's one of the things I liked about Warframe. It's like I put in a lot of work early on and I have a lot of top tier stuff. I may not have a very high mastery rank, but there's no challenge I can't beat. So it's like, I'm not really that motivated to raise my mastery rank, but like, I clear new content when it comes out, and I feel really good about it. And it's still fun to play. I was about to play it this afternoon when my son was taking a nap, but um, I played Apex with my uh, brother-in-law instead because he was, uh, he didn't work today. So, but if he did, I I would have played Warframe this morning and been like, see, I played Warframe. I, I also played Risk of Rain today. Not the first one, the second one. Have you seen the second one?
1: I have I have the same problem I did with uh, with the first one. It's the music is too boring to listen to. I hate it. I know I can turn it off, but it still bothers me. I thought the music in the second one was pretty good. I don't know. I, I, just, I don't like it. It is it drones on and it bores me. It like actually bothers my eardrums. Well, I still think you should give
0: it a try. If you ever have a chance, the second one, I don't know anything about the first one. I know it's TV, yeah, uh,
1: I like the... was actually going to go halfers with me. But when he was asking me, Apparently he didn't update his page, like he didn't refresh it, and the sale actually had ended on him, and he didn't know. Oh, yeah, it sucks. If,
0: if an opportunity like that comes up, you need to get this game. Like even if you don't play it right away, like you need to have it in your library because it's so fucking fun. Like the whole point of the game is to just like you have a set of abilities, kind of like a like in a MOBA, right? Yeah. And and much like a MOBA, you you make a build with items. But what makes this Rain special is that instead of like a tiering system like in League of Legends, I think still has. I don't actually know um, with a tree of items. Instead, you just pick up whatever items you get and they all stack infinitely.
1: It kind of has one of those, but it not really. Not quite the same. Yeah. So in risk of rain, like
0: there's an item that improves your sprint speed. You can there's no reason you can't have 30 of them. You'll move at 30 times speed and it will be ridiculous. But to survive the higher levels, because it will go on forever until it's too difficult for you to beat. But if you have the right items in the right quantity, you'll be so broken that you can play forever until you screw up and die. Not because the enemies are too strong, but because you made a mistake. That's what will get you killed when you're that strong. Like I was unlocking the new character today because I hadn't played since the updated E3 and to get the new character, you have to play single player. Actually, I think that's not true. I think you can do it in multiplayer, but um, the guide I was reading said, don't use multi, which is the name of one of the characters. And I think that's what they meant. Oh, so okay. I'm pretty sure you can do it in multiplayer, but you can't play the character multi because you get out your pod in the first level. You go around the back of the pod and you open up the fuel cell, which is, was not a thing before. And it's like it goes in your equipment slot for your Q ability, which is an item you pick up every time. That's what Q does. Right. And um, you carry it all the way to the fourth level, which is before the maps rotate and you like talk to the, the character who's like a robot that's like broken down. You give him the part. But the catch is that this item um kills you if you drop below half health well wow. if you're not careful the fourth level is very difficult to get to without dropping below half health so so this morning i i, I was playing on easy to unlock this character because fuck that right and i was just playing engineer my favorite and i was just doing my thing and then after i unlocked the character and moved on to the next map uh you know my brother in had already finished it and i was like okay now we want to play together so it's like i have to exit the desktop and i was like i'll just get killed Because I don't want to screw it up and not get the character, right? I want to exit naturally from this run. So I just stand there and let them kill me. And it took a while because I was so built by the time I reached the fifth stage. Like, I was just standing there and, like, they start hitting me. I turn invisible because one of my items. And it's like, come on. And I'm not (laughs) invisible anymore. They start hitting me. I've been standing still for too long. i started rapidly healing. Like, nope, move a little bit. Come on, hit me. Turn invisible again. Fuck. (laughs) Like, I couldn't get killed like it, it took a while I, I actually summoned the boss I found the teleporter, I summoned the boss and I let the boss kill me because I just it just wasn't happening and it's like at the beginning of the game you feel very weak and very powerless and your first few runs of the game will burn into your brain about how fucking difficult this game is. and then when you get those good runs where you're so powerful, you can't die, you feel really good about it because one, it's not cheating. you got there legitimately and two, this game's really hard. And here you are, invincible, and it's like I earned this. I feel good about it, and I think that—I guess—endorphin rush. I think that would resonate really well with you. Yeah, I think you would really enjoy that. I
1: mean, as a Dark Souls player, I—I I, I definitely. You say challenge, and I, I perk up a little. Yeah, there's
0: also a dude with a sword that has no range. Okay,
1: I get up close and personal. I make—I—I I, I make them uh, answer my questions. Yeah, he—he uh, he can blink.
0: But yeah, you give him 30 energy drinks and uh, like 10 double jumps, and you know, the ground is optional. You'll never touch the ground again. See, that, that sounds like my <laughs> of. Gonna...
1: <laughs> That's like me 30 extra like...
0: jumps. I know. <laughs> Do you remember how to end an episode? We've been talking for an hour and a half now.
2: Uh, I mean, no. I think I'm supposed to click this button.